On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome everyone to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm Victoria and I'm so glad that you're here and you can see on the other side of the screen a dear friend of mine. His name is Max Rook and Max, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. You are, you are such a blessing so I appreciate uh, any time spent with you. Yeah, we're going to have fun today. I just, I just yeah. already know it. I can feel just in our pre-recording chat, um, we could have gone on forever. And I'm like, let's stop. Let's get this recorded because it's so good just to chat with you. But I want everyone to become familiar with who Max is. So I'm going to read his astounding bio. You've probably, did you hear his accent? Which I love. I had half a mind, Max, to try to try to do a British accent. <laughs> That's good. But, I like that. Uh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> There's one part in here I'm going to read with a British accent because I've heard you you read this on YouTube or say it somewhere. I'm not one of Got your it. challenges or something. But this is who Max is. He says this: I have the privilege of coaching and working with high achieving individuals and teams who have a real deep desire to perform and live life at the next level. Max's passion comes from living his life inside a world of high performance and studying why people do what they do. This journey has led him to extensively research the answer to this question. What is the difference between good and great in every area of life? The answer is what his clients use to make the small shifts that create extraordinary results. Now, Max calls himself a high achiever himself, and he had to personally overcome the overwhelming feelings of fear, stress, and anxiety that came with pursuing success and trying to close the gap between where he was and where he ultimately wanted to be. What he found out was this, your value does not come from what you do. It comes from who you are. There's my accent, who you are. <laughs> That's it. I've heard you say that. Love it. Um, yeah, he says, with a deep understanding of the forces that shape the way we think, act, and feel, and this is so much in line with the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast, thinking, acting, and feeling, I, he now gets to help coach extraordinary people to see what's possible, even if they can't see it for themselves, so that they can ex achieve extraordinary things. So that's a part of life, life to the max. His, I call it a ministry, but your side coaching business, I think we, we could call it. Yep. But let me tell you now a little bit about him personally. He's a native of England. And he grew up and played for professional team, team reading football club, reading football club. What's that? Uh, it's, it's, it's Redden. Actually, it's, it's, oh. it's, it looks like it's spelt reading, but it's actually pronounced <laughs> Redden. So, yeah. okay, so I'm like, Redding he's a great club. reader. He knows how to read. <laughs> okay. So Redding football club. Now football, football, no football, soccer, right? Football, soccer. You got okay. it. That's right. Okay. That's right. Before moving to the USA to play collegiate soccer for NCAA Division I Mercer University. During this time, Max won four conference championships, was Atlantic Sun, Atlantic Sun Conference Player of the Year, an All-American selection, and is currently the only male soccer player in school history to have his jersey retired. Okay, how cool is that? He also had the distinguished honor of being a member of the Great Britain national soccer team and competed at two world championships. As a coach, he's an or was an accomplished high school educator and coach before moving to the NCAA collegiate game. He worked as an assistant coach for the Mercer University women's soccer program and the University of Illinois Springfield men's soccer program. And I got a question about men and women here in a second. Mm, yeah. yeah, and coaching them. During yep. his time in Springfield, Max also served as the director for coaching for Springfield Area Soccer Association. Currently, right now, he's working as the associate head women's soccer coach at Pepperdine's University, Pepperdine's University in Malibu, California, 
where he's been part of two West Coast Conference championships, one NCAA Sweet 16 appearance, four NCAA tournament appearances, and two NCAA Regional Staff of the Year awards. And when not coaching or sharing his empowering message, Max enjoys spending time with his wife and supporting her volleyball team. You two are a perfect mm. match, I think. So, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness, that's such a long wow. list of amazing accomplishments, Max. It's taking Gosh. me back. It's taking me back. I'm going down memory lane. Thank you. I've done that for a while. So, <laughs> yeah. so thank you for that gift. Yeah, you've come a long way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you know, and how we met, just so the listeners will know, we Max and I are both a part of the Life on Fire movement. And that's a group basically of Christian entrepreneurs or wannabes who are kind of like-minded. And it's a huge Facebook community under the coaching, the business coaching of Nick and Megan Unsworth. So we we that's how we actually met. It was a breakout room during a, mm -hmm. a weekend summit and we connected. Matter of fact, you may remember Max way back when I believe it was our first season of the podcast we're on we're now in our third season and yep. he joined several other entrepreneurs and shared a quick message about overcoming toxic thinking and so forth but I'm just so delighted to have you today and let's just jump right into you know we want to you you say yourself that you've overcome those overwhelming feelings of fear, stress, and anxiety, and I'm quite certain that you that you see this in your in your the students the the soccer players that you actually coach and have coached mm -hmm. throughout your career. But what I I was kind of curious since you've coached both men and women, are are the is the think are, is the thinking different somehow or what might hang up a man or a male mm -hmm. is it different from the hang-ups or the the struggles that maybe the female athletes would have it's a, it's a great it's a great great question uh man we could probably spend a whole hour <laughs> just on just on that question but um but no, I think, well, again, I want to say, first of all, thank you for having me. I really yes. appreciate you. And um, sure. you are, you are amazing. You are amazing. Thank you, and, uh, but no, I think the, yeah, when you talk about, um, so I've had the, I've had the, the blessed opportunity throughout, the, throughout this journey of coaching to work with, man, I was a, I was a PE teacher. I worked with like, you know, K5, K5, you know, I say little nippers, right? Little itty bitty, you know, <laughs> little, little, little young ones, you know, and then being a director of a club and then working the way up. I coached high school for 10 years. Um, now being in the college game, working with men, working with women, we have we have the uh, the blessing that we have players that will go on and play professionally, and then they still still reach out for coaching. So I get to coach professional athletes, and so that that span is is you know it's taken me in in, in a place where you have to figure out what makes everybody tick, right, and why do people do what they do, and so um, so yeah, I think fundamentally there are some similarities between you know men and women, and and there is there is a certain way to coach. But at the same time, man, there are some differences between men and women. And I think that, uh, that, that I would start with this. Nothing is more true for, for coaching women than to say people don't, uh, was it people don't know how much you, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, okay. you know, and, and, and for coaching women, I still think that applies to, to men, but there is a, there is a very different way of coaching women. I think that, that, uh, the beauty of what I get to do because getting to work with some amazing young women at Pepperdine University is, is they're some of the best athletes in the world. You know, they're some of the best athletes in the country. We, we, we attract the highest, highest achievers, right? High level people that want to do not just soccer at high level, they want to do life at a really high level. But at the end of the day, what do they want most of all? They want to feel loved, they want to feel cared for, and they want to know that they matter. And if you put that first, then everything else takes care of itself. You know what I'm saying? So if you just kind of, if we just lead with, Hey, you've got to do this and this and this, and you know, the expectation is this, and, and it's all about soccer or it's all about performing or it's all about winning, you know, you're not going to get as much out of that group of people until you, until you kind of shift it, you know, and that's, that's what I just, again, I'll, I'll leave it, end it with this is that's really what I've spent my entire life doing is figuring out how, how do we break through those barriers? How do we, how do you break through to next levels of yeah, success and happiness and fulfillment? And for the longest time, Victor, I say, I say this for the longest time, I was always looking for the big things in my own personal journey, you know, mm -hmm. like 
what are the what are the big things that can make these big differences in my life and to make these big impacts and these big changes to create these big results and and over time the more and more i studied it the more and more i failed the more and more i learned from other people that were in places i wanted to get to i found that it was it was all in the little things and that's that's really what has guided me now in this last journey of of my coaching career is really trying to figure out what are the little things that can make the biggest difference, right? Like you said before, the smallest shifts in mindset and energy and feelings and emotions is that what are the smallest things that can create the biggest difference? And again, going back to women, it's like, like I had to learn that, you know, I came out the gate, you know, and it's like, I was, and I was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I quickly learned that, that just the smallest shifts, just the smallest shifts can create the biggest difference. And, and yeah, like I say, leading with love, leading with care, leading, making, making sure they understand that they are number one, then it's amazing what they'll do when they get, when they step on the field. It, it's quite incredible. And we just had a season uh, where we, we made history for our program at Pepperdine University. And um, yeah, it was such a fun season, such enjoyable. And people look back and they're like, well, how'd you do it? And when I told them, they're like, no, you must be joking. I'm like, no, we just, we just love on the girls. We don't really talk a lot about winning. We don't talk a lot about, you know, results we just we just show up and we just love each other care for each other live for a higher purpose put god first and and it's just like amazing things happen so anyways i know that's i know that's a lot but it's it's that's that's what's really has been a, a huge huge shift for me shift for me in the last five to ten years of, of my coaching career it's so intriguing that you even mentioned don't talk about the results because when i think about a coach Sometimes I'm thinking, okay, the coach only wants to win. And you've kind of turned that on its head in a way. And you've said, no, let's let the results take care of themselves or let's release the outcome here. Let's, I guess, just do our best or whatever. That's sort of what I teach even on the, in the Spanish classroom at the university. So many students come to me, they're like, I got to pass this class. I got to pass this class. I got to get this grade or my parents are going to like, you know, kill me or whatever. And, and I have to try to calm them down. And I say, okay, let's just forget that exam, forget the final, forget the course grade. What can we do today that will help yeah. you actually get there? Let's talk about the steps along the way and then release the outcome. Suddenly you'll find yourself there, or at least you'll know you've yeah. done the very best possible. So could you give yeah. some examples, Max, of those little things or those small things? Like, could you put that yeah. in a framework for us, well, please? Yeah, sure. So, so what, one of the, one of the, um, the I, we're, we're all fans, right, of, of like, so the, information but when you can turn information into stories i think stories allow us a great opportunity to really really understand the content what it is we're trying to figure out a lot better and so i always often use this story as a way to to kind of show what i'm talking about when i say little things make a big difference and so um i don't play golf with you victoria you with the uh pickleball right I love you love the pickleball, <laughs> right. but what about golf in a golf I've, fan? No? i've played golf occasionally but no okay. no not really okay. so so, um, so I'm not a huge golfer, right? I'm not a huge golfer, but, but I've played every now and again at some different charity events and stuff. Anyways, so I'll keep this quick. Cause I could probably, I could, when I, at events, <laughs> I, I could, I tell this story over like the course of like 30 minutes, but, um, but I was out on the driving range one day and when I was, I was in that zone of trying to figure things out, right. I was trying to figure, figure my life out. I'm trying to figure out how do I, you know, accelerate my life to, to get it where I wanted. And then also the people that I had the, the blessing to impact. And you was just trying to figure things out. So um again i was in that space of i was i was i was trying to trying to create like I say big impact in my life so anyways so i'm out on the golf course one time and i'm just on the drive range and i'm hitting hitting these balls right so i got up and i i hit this ball and i hit it straight i mean you know and i don't play golf a lot right and i hit this straight down the fairway like you know 200 yards 250 yards i mean woo man i mean like i like golf you know i can do this <laughs> thing you know i'm getting all pumped up right so if you know what if, if you've played which again i haven't done it a lot but if you if you play golf enough golf can be a cruel game right so i hit this ball like straight down the fairway right well the next shot the very next shot I do the same, same pre-shot routine. I do the, everything the same. I rear back. I think I hit this ball the exact same way. And this ball 
I'm not, I'm not sure if everybody's watching this on the video, but it's like it like curls off and it goes like fifty <laughs> like fifty yards off to the right, you know. And I I'm think like, there's a the name heck? for that. There's like a sh- what is that? Right, shank, right, shank yeah, it's a hook, shank or something. Like, yeah, and I shanked it like fifty <laughs> yards off to the right. I'm like, oh my god. So you know, you know how it is. Then your mind starts going, well, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? Now I'm getting like, you get a little bit frustrated. You're like, man. You try and figure it out. You're like, what did I do wrong? You start, you talk about that toxic thinking. You're like, man, is it me? Da-da. So anyway, so I always say this. I'm saying, well, when you make a mistake or something happens of adversity, generally, what do you try to do right after it? You try to make adjustments, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I'm going to make this little adjustment. So not a big adjustment, just going to make this little adjustment. So my third shot, okay, it's a true story, Victor, third shot, right? So it's, it's just, I just made a little, little adjustment, not a big adjustment, little tiny adjustment. Third shot, same pre-shot routine. I'm doing the, everything the same. I rear back, club goes back. I hit this ball. I think I hit Victor. I think I hit exactly the same as the other two shots. This thing goes 50 yards off to the left in the complete opposite <laughs> direction. Now I'm like, my head is like exploding, right? Now you talk about like frustration, overwhelm. Now I'm like, I'm mad. I want to throw the club. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I hit one straight down the fairway, one off to the right, one off to the left. What's going on? So in that moment, in that moment, so this is it, in that moment of like just pure, like it's like I say, just kind of going going inward on myself and everything like that. This guy, he walks he walks by me. I didn't know at the time, but he was the golf pro at the club, and he walks by me, and he whispers to me. He says, and obviously I didn't know. It's first time I met him. He goes, "You're not too far away," and I'm like, "What did he say?" You know, like what? Like I don't even know this guy. I'm like, "What did you say?" He says, "You're not too far away." And I'm like, mm-hmm. so then my mind and my heart is just open, right? So I'm like, "Well, please explain, Victoria, what he told me." changed the course of my life forever like if whoever's listening to this if you take this one piece then you know you'd be like this crazy english guy talks too much like you take this one piece it will change your life forever he said when the shaft of the golf club and the golf ball he said when they meet he said if the shaft of the golf club is off by just one millimeter just one millimeter the compounding effect of that one millimeter over the distance the ball travels creates the 50 yards that the ball went off to the right and if I just change the head of the golf club by one or two millimeters in the other direction, just one or two, the compounding effect of that one or two millimeters over the distance the ball travels creates the 50 yards that the shot went off to the left. So the difference between me hitting a shot way off to the right and way off to the left, the difference between those two shots is one millimeter. And so then my heart is like, how do I apply that to my life? You know? And so then I'm like, is that the answer that God was supposed to give me? Is like, hey, you've been looking for all the big things. Start focusing on the little things. Start focusing on all the little things that you can that you can do in your life that if you do will take you from where you are to where you want to be. This this big gap that you see, right? That, those two golf shots, those, that massive gap. The way to get there is through those one millimeter shifts. So that's what I do now. That's what I teach. And so for example, I have a player the other day and she, um, she came by my office and she's like, you know, I'm struggling and da, da, da. And what basically what she was so focused on, she was focused on what she wanted. You know, she was, she was, I want this, I want this, I want this. Like I, I want to, I want to start, I want to play, I want playing time. I want to, I want to be recognized by my peers. I want to be the player of the year. I want to score lots of goals, you know? And it was so consuming, self-consuming that like you said it was it was literally like a wall that she was putting up like her her desire to want it so badly was putting up this wall and so we sat down and you know within a five ten minutes i said look i'm i'm you know you've told me everything you want let's 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 shift it why don't you start telling me who you need to be you know let's let's you made a list she's on my whiteboard you know she wrote a list of all of her goals bang 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 i said look okay over here on the right side write a list of who you need to be together you know so she wrote, we took her through a process and she wrote down who she needed to be, right? What, what type of person, what type of teammate, how she needed to feel emotionally and all these different things, you know? And, uh, and then I challenged her before she left the room. I said, stop worrying about what you want, cross that out and just do me a favor. And for the next couple of months during our season, just focus on who you need to be. And I'll help and I'll help keep you, you know, keep you on track, but, but make a con- concerted effort to focus on who you need to be. Victoria, two months later, she's best player on the team. She's a player of the year. She, you know, all those things that she wrote down on the left side, it happened because she just made that one small shift. She, she got out of her own way and she applied herself 
in terms of who she needed to be and not what she wanted. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that that's an example yes. of like those small shifts, right? And it's just yes. like, you know, we just assume that, that we're supposed to focus on those things. And I'm like, you know, that's what society says. That's what, you know, what, what sort of the environment, especially me, the high performance environment, you're supposed to focus on winning. You're supposed to focus on results. You're supposed to focus on. And I'm like, every time I've done that, it's hard. And it's, and it's like, it's tough and it's, it overwhelms you and it's, you know, and you get burnt out doing that. So I'm like, well, let's try it this way. And as soon as they, I'm like, that worked. And then I did it on somebody else. I said, well, I'm trying you and it, it worked. And then it worked <laughs> again. And it worked again. I'm like, there's something to this, you know, if we just like, you know, so, so that is basically what, again, what I've spent, you know, these last, these last few years is creating programs and, and, and ways in which to help people create these shifts that, that ultimately can unlock, you know, untapped potential so it's fun anyways i'm yeah talking too that, much, but. oh no you're not no i what a great example that is like identities based goal setting where mm. you're you can achieve those goals that you want ultimately but it's through identity and your values instead of just focusing on that end result and i t- i also tell a story on the pickleball court where i thought as an athlete quote i'm going to call myself an athlete but <laughs> I, <laughs> okay but at least i'm active we can go there for mm-hmm. sure but i thought that it was so important for me to see the result and see that i was playing in my first pickleball tournament ever with a delightful partner in women's doubles and and i've told this story also but as i'm trucking down the road in my car going from where i live to lexington to play this big tournament i am i've got like um, some of those songs, like we will, we will rock you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, blasting yeah. that. Mm. I'm picturing the gold medal, the trophy. And I'm like, we are going to, we're going to sweep this. And they're going to say, who are those ladies? I mean, I was so into myself thinking we were going to yeah. do this and that we could do this. I hit the court at, in the pre-practice and I'm like, hmm, have you ever just felt that, like off? You know, like mm-hmm. some days you're, you you get on and every shot, every soccer thing you do is just like, wow, I'm, I'm on today. Yeah. Well, that morning yeah. I was just like, hmm, something felt off. And I started yeah. getting in my head even. And the tournament came about, I was such a poor loser. I, the Lord is teaching, has taught me so much through mm-hmm. that experience. Sports are a wonderful learning environment. Let's just say that. Sure. Oh my sure. gosh. And character refinement. I so needed that, but we lost horribly. It was not my partner's fault. I was hitting the balls into the net. I was hitting them out. I'm very accurate server and my serves were not even going in. I'm like, what's happening to me? Yeah. And then during, I got so much into my head, I was focusing on all the mistakes. So yeah. I went from winning and we will rock you to, oh my gosh, this is, I was miserable. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm yeah. ashamed to tell you that I actually cried. <laughs> <laughs> I broke down in tears. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's this thing in pickleball where all the players, if you're playing doubles and even singles, you come to the net after the game and you you put your paddles up and everybody yeah. says good game. It's just this yeah. nice etiquette protocol. Sure. I I couldn't even say good game. I, I just went up there and went, mm-hmm. hmm. I could barely put my it was what an embarrassment. Yeah. I was so glad yeah. there weren't many spectators. I knew there, but. <laughs> but I understand that. I understand that. And, you know, uh, that makes complete sense. And I think that a lot of times, you know, if I'm having a conversation with people, the, the next question I get is people say, well, so you're telling me I shouldn't have goals. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. It's not, it's not saying that you shouldn't have goals. Goals are great. Goals, goals help bring about clarity and alignment in things you want to do. So, so having got setting goals, having a vision of what you want, but there comes a point where if you, if you want it too much, you, you know, you, at some point you got to let it go. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's the key. That's the key right there. And that, that's, that's, there is a process, right? And, and so to be able, to, you have to start with the end in mind, right? You have to, you have to know where you're going. So I, so I do understand that. So it's, I'm not saying, I, I want to say that for the listeners, it's not that I'm saying that you shouldn't have goals. You should have goals. But at yeah. some point to get from where you are to where you want to be, you have to understand the road to get there. And if you, if all you're doing is, is just consumed by that, um, we can actually get in our own way. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that's, 
that's what I found. That's kind of that, that upper limit problem is, is people like, you know, what I say this a lot too, you know, what, what got us to where we are today is actually the very thing that's holding us back from where we want to be tomorrow. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, there have been times I, you know, I'm sure like yourself or myself where you've, you've wanted something so badly, you've willed it to happen and you've, you've worked really hard and you've, you know, you've done all of the, the grind and all that stuff. And then we assume, and then we, we associate that grinding and working hard and, you know, and, and sacrificing, sacrificing our happiness and our fulfillment to get what we want. Like, like that's just what we do. That that's, that's how it should be. And I'm like, and I've done that, you know, and I've done that and, and it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's not, it can get you to a certain place, Mm-hmm. but oftentimes to unlock that next level and again when I say unlock that next level like hear me on and for the I don't want to make this all about success I'm talking about happiness I'm talking about joy I'm talking about fulfillment mm-hmm. I'm talking about love I'm talking about all those things to unlock that sometimes what got you to where you are is the very same thing if you try and do the same thing it's what's going to hold you back from that next level you know mm-hmm. and so it's how do we find what is that next thing and oftentimes it's the paradox of what got you to where you are you know so that's why i say what you want and then you just focus on who you need to be that's the paradox right and so by focusing on paradoxical things it it unlocks yourself to then live into you know those things that you want and so so yeah i mean you know that's a that's a whole nother ball game because the, the living in the world of high performance for the last 20 plus years is like helping people get what they want you know, has been a big part of what I do, but, but I see so many people that also, I mean, you can have everything you want, but I also know a lot of people that are unfulfilled too. You know, you can, you can be, you can be successful and unfulfilled. And so a a big, a big part of this, especially the last couple of years is, is helping people manage that, you know, Mm. how do you, what, what what does it mean to, to have this wholeness, right? What does it mean to be complete? Because I know a lot of people that have achieved a lot of great things and they're miserable. Is that success, right? Not, not really, right? And so, and so, so yeah, finding that, finding that fulfillment and uh, yeah, and love and joy in the journey and in the, you know, it's that's all part of it. Anyways, I don't. Well, I'm kind of and, well and you hear stories of gold medal winners, Olympians, yeah. and right. okay, I, you know, we won the, I have all these Super Bowl rings or or whatever, but then suddenly like after the game is over after the event is over they just dip so low because it was all this but there are other areas of their life where they maybe they're missing the mark or something's just Mm -hmm. missing there that what they thought was what was glittering didn't turn out Mm -hmm. to really be the gold that would impact their their hearts and their minds and that's really tricky and i know for the pickleball at least my teammates encouraged me to just have fun and to remember it's just a game. And so now I, matter of fact, I haven't told this, but uh, another, a different partner and I, we went to, uh, to, we played in Indiana and we did win the gold, but, and that was the next, I guess that was the second tournament And so already I was prepared and mentally in such a different way for that tournament. And it wasn't all about winning. I really wanted to be number one, a good sports person, you know, a sportsman. I want to have sportsmanship and to not be rude or mean or just disgruntled. And number two, I had to watch myself talk. And then um, number three, just have fun and release that outcome, like you said. But What you said a moment ago also, Max, reminds me of like excuses. I, I wonder what would be like, the, can you think of a few excuses that people make, perhaps your coaching clients or even your, your uh, athletes? What, what do they come up with that they say, you know, um, this just isn't working for me because of this what's keeping people or holding them back in their own minds what are those excuses anything come to mind there yeah um yeah well goodness me yeah it's it's a lot right a lot i think um when in working with different people oftentimes right we we know what we want okay like 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 deep down we know what we want and then it becomes are we willing to do what is necessary to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Are we willing to do it? And 
So oftentimes, I mean, I, something that, that I've, again, I, I've had to experience myself is, is this idea of fear of failure, right? Which is, which is mm. not uncommon, right? Uh, we all have that. We all have this, this fear of failure, you know, what if I try and it doesn't work out? You know, and so then we, so then all the excuses come. It's like, well, I don't have the time. You know, I don't have this. I don't have that. We'd, you know, for, for coaches a lot, when I work with coaches and I say, you know, well, you know, tell me a little, bit, a little bit more about your program, you know, as in like your, your, your team. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't have this resource and we don't have that resource. And we, you know, we just, you know, if we had this, we'd be much better. I'm like, well, that's not always like resources, never the, the problem, right? It's always a matter of resourcefulness, like how resourceful we are in doing what we need to do to get to get where we want to go. And so, and so a lot of times resources become an excuse, you know, well, I don't have this, we don't have this, you know, if only I had that. And what we're really saying is, is it comes back to this idea of fear of failure, you know, what if I try and it doesn't work out, you know, I think all roads lead back to one of those to that, or the other thing, which I didn't realize at the beginning, and I don't know, I've been a victim of this, I can, I can look at times where, where, you know, I, trying looking back now and trying to understand why I made some of the choices I made sometimes there's the fear of success you know? mm. what if I tr- what if I try and it does work out and I can't handle it you know what if I actually what if I actually say I want something I get it and then when I get it I realize I can't handle it you know what I'm saying yeah. because it's going to change your life right it's going to change your life if you if you want to be a great coach or you want to have a great business and you want to be an entrepreneur you need to, you want to make a lot that's going to change your life. It's going to change your daily, you know, and if, and if we're used to our comfort zones, it's like, well, what if, what if I do, you know, get it and I can't handle it. So it's easier just to sabotage ourselves, you know? And so, and so uh, I look at it like, like this. Um, Have you ever heard like the sort of the, uh, the thermostat effect? You heard that? Mm. Yeah. Right. Kind of the idea of the, with. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you mean. So, so the thermostat effect being that like, um, you know, what, if we, if we look at our lives and let's just say whatever we believe that we deserve, right? What, what we believe that we deserve in our life, let's just say that number equates to the temperature in a room of 72, you know? Okay. So I feel that in my life I deserve, and whether it be consciously or unconsciously, by the way, a lot of times it's unconscious, right? That mm-hmm. we, we say we want things, but really deep down, we only believe that we deserve a certain certain level of life, a certain level of happiness, a certain level of success, a certain level of financial security or abundance, whatever it's going to be. So let's say that number 72. Well, if that temperature in the room drops, goes from 72 to 71 to 70 to 69 to 68, what tends to happen, right? Well, the heater kicks in and the temperature goes back up until it gets to 72. And that's just like in our life, what happens is, is if things don't go our way, if, if, we, if we believe that we're, we're, we're meant to experience a certain level of, again, success and happiness, feel, fulfillment, stuff like that, when our life does not reflect that, we do something about it. We step up our game. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I mean, I, I equate it to like being on a team. And if, we're, if you feel like you're supposed to beat that team and, you're, and you go down a goal to them, guess what? You better believe like your performance levels, you try harder, you run faster, like somehow you find all the things in you to then get that goal to equalize. And then you go on, you get the goal and you win the game and you look back and say, well, of course we should have been. But there was a moment where like, you know, the, the heater kicks in and like, he's like, we should not be losing to this team. And so you do something about it. Right. And that's, that's easy. Everybody kind of, I think at their at base level understands that, but not everybody talks about the other way. So then let's just say you feel we feel that we deserve a certain level of success happens from that 72. And all of a sudden that temperature goes 72, 73, 74, 75, 76. Well, what happens to the thermostat then? The cooler kicks in and it says, whoa, 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 it's too hot. Let's bring the temperature back down to 72. Victoria, that's like life. Sometimes mm-hmm. when we, we experience momentum in our life, and our life is going from 72 to 73 and we, we're getting all the things that we said we wanted 74 75 76 what do we do we self-sabotage ourselves we do something to mess it up and i know i've done that before so i'm not i'm not mm-hmm. preaching to the choir i'm not i'm not saying this we've all done it you know what i'm saying right. if, if i if i saw faces i would ask people to raise their hands and i think we can say we've all been there where we sabotage ourselves I'm like, why did i do that well ultimately it's because in our hearts in our unconscious mind, like we only believe that we're meant. So part of that process is, and you know, again, what I tried to help people with is, is to raise that level for 72, right? Raise that, raise the, 
the standard in their life so where they're they're willing to accept more in their life so they don't self-sabotage themselves because like i say um we do a lot of these things um unconsciously you know we we, we find ways to keep ourselves at the level that we believe we're meant to live life at you know mm. and um is that kind of like the glass ceiling have you heard of that a little bit yeah yeah, 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 where similar, you yeah. you you keep saying, yeah, I'm going to reach, I'm going to reach, I'm going to reach, but then when you hit it, that glass, you know, that glass ceiling is like, oh, I better come back down. Yeah. I can, that's as far yeah. as I can go. But yeah, really, exactly. you got to kind exactly. of break through that glass yeah. ceiling to yeah. keep going. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Do you? You know, I. I think about thoughts and we've kind of gone all over the place. And I wonder like on a daily basis for you personally, Max, what kind of thoughts do you engage? Just say every single day, here we are on a Tuesday. What is your personal thought like life like? Yeah, I love, I, I love, can I just, can I just ask two, yes. this is, this is the, um, this is this is like your theme, right? So the thought, yes. right? having the, the thought, yes. like, the thought life and stuff. I love that. I absolutely think that's such a such a great thing to explore. I think that's brilliant. I and, love that. When I saw it, that, it impacts every area. Also, mm -hmm. it's not just health. It's not just wealth. It's not in purpose. It's not just love and relationships. It is it and your faith. It impacts every. I always say that lasting transformation is only one thought away because if yeah. you kind of like what you said about those little micro habits or those small minute millimeter changes if you can begin to start small even with just one thought and change one sure. thought suddenly you you begin living a completely different life so sure. but i wonder like what really yeah. kind of makes you tick and what what thoughts do you have to really resist even yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that, you know, nobody's perfect. So I'd love to say, that, oh, I mean, I'm positive, positive every second <laughs> of the day and everything's great, you know, and I, you know, I live, I live this belief that, you know, hey, how do we, how do we get, you know, take this journey from good to great? And, you know, what does it mean to live, live in a, in a, a level of greatness? And, you know, I'd be, you know, I'd be lined up and said that, you know, I can do that 100% of the time because, you know, life, life is going to, life is going to hit you, right? And so, but, uh, but no, I, I think, I think that we I always say this, what focus goes, energy flows, right? What you focus on, you're going to feel and what you focus on, you're going to get more. Okay. Mm. And, and, uh, that's not a meeting. I said, that's a, that's a Tony Robbins thing. I mean, I went to one of his events, which changed my life. And he always oh says, this is what focus, what focus goes, energy flows. And, and that's kind of always stuck in my heart. And, you know, basically it's this idea of, we all face the similar, similar scenarios and situations in the day but are we choosing to think things that help us or hurts things that make us better or worse things that push us forward or backwards are we focused on the positive or the negative are we focused mm -hmm. on getting to do stuff or do we have to do it you know what i'm saying like that's such a small word right get to versus have to showing up to work showing up to your team showing up to life showing up in your relationships you know in your marriage and saying well i have to go here i have to do this you know it's like and you change one word and change i get to do it man the amount of people that come back to me after they listen to to like me speak or something like that i would say there are a couple of things but that is one of the things that resonates with people more than anything else is when i share that whole get to versus have to this yeah. idea of like i have to go to work i have to clean my room i have to do this but when you just change the word to i get to it changes the way you process that situation it changes the way you show up to the situation so anyway so there's a long list of you know, words that, that again, that I've tried to sort of use as habitual words that just I can, I can, I can always go to that help me, you know, stimulate changes. So if I'm, if I'm in this downwards, when I feel it emotionally, like energy, energetically, I feel myself and I go, like, okay, you know what? I don't have to do this. I get to do this. You know what I'm saying? And, and that one word can change everything. But what I was going to say, Victor, I think, um, you know, in, in an effort for time is, is what I come back to which I know you're a big fan of this is the way you start your day. And that is, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you've had lots of people that come on this, on the podcast and have shared this, but I know that at certain points in the day, certain experiences that I have are going to be determined by what I did first thing in the morning. If I just roll out of bed, you know, and I'm like, and I'm, I'm tired and this and that, whatever. And then I try and hit the ground running. And, I, and we, you know, at Pepperdine, we practice at 7am. 
So it's like, there's not a lot of time. I wake up at five, but if it could still create a time for prayer and for, for connection with God to, to, to share, share your, your, your struggles with him to, to, to share your, your dreams, you know, to, to just lay it all out for him or, or to live in gratitude, to write in your journal, like whatever it's going to be like that to me, I, I don't know a better way than to, than how you start your morning. I just seen it over and over again. The days when I, I don't have time, quote unquote, you know, I don't have the time, right. You've talked about excuses. I don't have mm-hmm. the time. The days when I quote unquote, don't have the time. The rest of my day isn't as productive. It isn't as joyful. It isn't as, as it isn't the way I want it to be as much as if I just take a few minutes out of my day, because just saying those words, like you're talking about putting yourself in a mindset and in a framework of gratitude and joy and abundance and love and all those things that you believe in, that is so powerful. It's so powerful. And again, I, am, I know I am not saying anything that you know, you or your listeners have not already heard, but I just want to kind of reinforce if anybody said that to you, if you've listened to Victoria's podcast and you've heard somebody else say that before, I am doubling down and saying <laughs> how you start your day is everything, is everything. Because your heart posture throughout the rest mm. of the day changes and you find those words that you need, you find those emotions that you need, you know? Mm. And it's easier to do things, you know, get to do things versus have to do things when I wrote down what I'm grateful for in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Does that that, that make sense? Oh my goodness. These are wonderful reminders. And I even call it my get to do list, not my have to do list. And I'll give, I'll give you one more that, and I cannot for the life of me, remember who said it, but oh, I'm sorry. That's Rico. He has to make, yeah, he has to make the podcast. Uh, I haven't, I've had him on my lap, which is where he remains most quiet, but um, they just jumped down. But I heard it from Pat Flynn, who's an entrepreneur and he's got spy media. He's just, I I follow him and he quoted this person. And the question that he said changed his life, talking about Pat Flynn was, was this question, what if this were easy? Hmm. It was that single question to ask of everything. Matter of fact, I have it on a big, I typed that out and printed it. And so during my day, and sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. And then I just like, wait a minute, what if my life were really easy? What if I'm just yeah. telling myself or convincing myself or positioning myself as if my life were really, really hard with all the things I juggle? But what if this were really easy? And mm. that little shift in what if this were easy, may yeah. it, it lets the steam off and suddenly yeah. it becomes more enjoyable. It's like, oh. Yeah, I think I've got a busy schedule and I have to be across three counties all at once, you know, in, in this little time frame. But what if this were really easy and I just get in my car and I do it? And anyway, that was another one liner that really changed my yeah. life that I'm with you on the what I get to do, what I have to do. And then yeah. second to that was what if what if this were easy? What if coaching were easy? Yeah. What if doing a podcast yeah. were easy? What if climbing up yeah. that mountain were easy? And not that yeah. it doesn't come with hardships and trials and challenges, but but we can so much talk ourselves into through our self-talk and through our thoughts and what we're focusing on and what we're growing yeah. into yeah. really an icky state of being. But the good news is we can flip that. If we can talk ourselves into it, we can talk ourselves out of it and shift ourselves into a direction that is full of health and life and hope and joy, dependent ever on God and with him. So it's, you know. The other, the other, that's that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, going back to the golf shot. Okay. So I'll say this, um, if, you know, if if I have time. Yes, you do. Is is that golf shot analogy, right? And how the one millimeter difference and you create those two different outcomes, you know, another one that I, so this is, this is something I deal with a lot. So you said about, you know, what if this were easy, what re- immediately stimulated my mind was something that we, you know, I had to work through with our, with a lot of, a lot of high performance, you know, not just athletes, but just people that are trying to do life at high level is, you know, is it the end or is it the beginning? You know, when something happens in your life, like the, a, 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 a level of adversity that is really difficult to overcome, asking that question like is it the end or is it the beginning it changes what you look for right that's that's the one millimeter shift right and because if 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 something and i'll give you an example so in women's soccer 
okay? ACLs, right? Tearing your ACL, it's not, it's, it's pretty common, right? I would say it's not, it's not super, super common, but, but, it, but it's, you see it, you see it, right? And it is a, that's a nine, 10 month, one year recovery, right? And I know that sounds crazy to kind of use that example right now, but, you know, I've had to work with players through that, right? And what do they initially see when they, when, when they get told by the doctor, you know, your knee, you have to have ACL surgery. It's going to be a year before you can play again. It's the end. It's the end. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's over. It's the end. Right. And so every thought when it's the end leads you down one path, right? That one millimeter shift, right? It leads you down and you end up in this path where it's the end. And if, if we can channel that thinking, that thought that like, like say that, 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 that thought that you're talking about and we just make that one millimeter shift and say okay as tough as it is right now what if it was setting you up for something greater what if it was the mm-hmm. beginning of something and the example that comes to mind i had this this beautiful soul that was on our team uh she just graduated she was a 50 she just graduated man i'm getting emotional thinking about it. she was amazing she was beautiful inside and out she had such a pure heart she had love for Jesus just was amazing. And she tore ACL and it was, it was the end for her. Cause you know, she got, she, yeah, she, she had to miss the season because of when she tore it because of the year recovery, it means she would miss part of the other season. She was, so she almost missed like two years of her career. Wow. And as you can imagine, a piece of adversity at, at 19 years old at 20, like how do you deal with that? How do you process it? Emotionally, mm. right? And she was in a really, really tough state. And so, you know, it wasn't like it was like immediate, but through this process of working with her to say, okay, like what if this was, and it's hard in that moment. And you tell somebody 19, 20 year old, you, you're not going to play soccer for two years, but you know, what's the blessing in that, right? It, 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 it takes some work, right. but this is where I'm going. Just that simple question of like, is it the end? Or is it the beginning? She came to me, she came, she knocked on my door one time. She came to my office after post recovery. She got back playing and stuff like that. And she was, she was a goal scorer. So she's scoring goals and she's having fun. And she came by my office. You know, it wasn't, we didn't, it wasn't like a planned meeting. She knocked on the door. She said, coach, can I come in for a minute? I said, sure. She sat down. She said, coach, you know, you told me about, you know, is it the end or is it the beginning? I just want to let you know that, that right now, what I learned through this whole process is my identity was wrapped up in soccer and it took me it took me tearing my acl to release myself and take myself out of that sort of my whole life i'm a soccer player and that's it and what it allowed her to do is to recreate her identity her identity in herself her identity in the powerful woman that she is connecting with God and in a much more meaningful, deeper way, because you've got to go on faith. You know what I'm saying? You've got to have right. belief that, you know, that there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a higher purpose at play here. And she said, if that, if that injury had not happened, she's like, I would not be the woman I am today. And mm. from then you saw her play in a different way. She was still kicking butt on the field, but you know what? She was enjoying it. Yeah. She was more purposeful, like, like the way she played, people would look at her and go like, who is this person? Yeah. Like she's a completely different woman. And it took that injury to pause in her career to really find herself. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. That's the, it wasn't the end, but it was the beginning. And she didn't know it on the front end because she's like, this is the end. And that one millimeter shift created two completely different outcomes. And I was so proud of her. You know, she come by, we cried a little bit and, you know, we had a moment and we hugged out and, you know, and now she's gone, she's graduated and, but, you know, there's those moments like that when you're coaching, you know, Victoria's like, you get those moments and you're like, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. That is it. You know, yeah. when they knock on your door and they share that, that's it. That's it. And um, you, you yeah, changed, that's, that's you changed that's, her life, really. And yeah. you impacted yeah. her just that one, yeah. that one thought. And yeah. I will, I've got thought. that one written down. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be added to my to my list now mm. is this the end or is it the beginning and unfortunately i'm thinking is this the end of the podcast <laughs> of the episode no it's the beginning of who That's knows right. who's going to listen to this and yeah. how it might change their lives as well but anyway thank you so much max for coming on You're tell so everybody 
how they can get in touch with you because just these few, this little half an hour or so that we've chatted, I think the listeners can so quickly see that you are the real deal and you have something of value to contribute to a world in need and what you've learned and what you can share. I think they should just be flocking to your door and saying, yeah, I want to <laughs> sign up here. How can I get life to the max? So tell, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. us, tell us how. Um, well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I would say, so I have my website, uh, Max Rook. So www maxrook m-a-x-r-o-o-k-e dot com so www.maxrook.com and then on there that that will technically lead you to all of the things so i have a space where you can sign up much like you do i put a lot of free content i have um you know weekly emails i do videos all free so you can really tap into that this thing called max moments that, that i send out weekly so you can tap into that there's a there's a chat free challenge on there, a free five day challenge that you can go on and you can take that, which talks about taking that that first step. Right. Yeah. We talked about sort of yeah. this idea of between a living a good life and a great life. And so there's a free challenge that talks about the first step to greatness. There's other coaching programs that I'm about to actually do in the next few weeks. I'm about to do a group coaching program. Uh, an eight-week program about the journey from good to great, where we take all those those paradoxical shifts that you know we talked about a couple of those today, and we we work through those as a small group, small community, which is awesome. Mm. So I'm doing that. So yeah, all that information is is on there. So I would say yeah, that's an easy way to tap in. And then obviously I'm over social media, so a lot of handles. If you just you know Google my name, Max Rook, I'm sure you can find like my different handles on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and all that stuff. So um, no, but uh, yeah, that would be the easiest way. I think it's just everything. Most stuff is on the website. So. Yeah. Yes, and if you happen to be viewing on YouTube and you like how Max tells stories, like what you opened with and the stories that you shared, you do that on your YouTube channel. What is the name of your YouTube channel? Uh, good question. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> is it your name or Life to the yeah, Max? It's just my I, name. Every, everything's my name. I think it's Max Rook. So everything's okay, my name. So it would be so easy if you're watching right now on YouTube to bump over and we'll have his link in the description on the video you're watching yeah. now, but bump yeah. over and make sure you subscribe to his channel. And <laughs> it's like a, a shot in the arm for inspiration and encouragement. So you don't want to miss that, but thank you Appreciate so much. That. What a blessing. This has been awesome. It's a wrap brain changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.